the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day uh, is our epistle reading for today from 2 Timothy chapters 3 and 4, and particularly these words. As for you, speaking Paul here to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It happens every time a congregation's pastor leaves and the process begins to find another pastor. While we might not ask it so crassly, a conversation begins around this topic. What do we want in a pastor? And quite frankly, all sorts of things get thrown into the mix as more people get into the conversation. We want an older guy who's got a little experience and knows how to lead. We want a young single man with few entanglements that will have the time and the zeal to commit to the congregation. We want a pastor with a family because that means he will draw in other families. We want a pastor whose sermons are biblical, doctrinal, relevant, entertaining, short, engaging, full of stories, free of stories, different every week, or never change. We want a pastor who's strict enough to pull in the reins on those who want too much change. We want a pastor who's friendly enough to make sure that he will go to great lengths to make sure everyone's happy. We want a pastor who will change everything to get us up and going again. Well, sometimes it even gets more specific than that. We want a pastor who likes to use these particular hymns and songs or one that'll take us outside of our normal repertoire of music. We want a pastor who loves to use technology or one who wouldn't touch the stuff. We want someone who's dynamite with youth or will know how to serve our older folks well. You know, in our current context, in our current synod, each of us pastors in the synod fill out long forms, trying to explain just who we are in order that congregations who are looking for a pastor can sort of go through those lists and see if they can find the man that they're looking for. Even if that information isn't enough, then there are phone interviews and there are, in some cases, visits that are proposed. We not only think that we know what we want, but we think we'll actually find it exactly if we just do enough diligence. So personally, for just one second, answer the question in your mind, what kind of pastor do you want? You done yet? <laughs> for today, God is going to tell you what kind of pastor you should want. How? Well, as we listen to Paul talk to Timothy about what kind of pastor he ought to be, the Spirit will be revealing to us what kind of pastor God says we should want to have. So what does he say? Well, he says that the pastor you should want is not just the man who checks off all the right boxes on your perfect pastor checklist. Neither should you be looking for a man who will simply tell each person 
what they want to hear as he goes along. So what kind of pastor should you want? Well, we might say that God reveals here that he has really only one checkbox on his list. And what is that? It is a pastor that remains in the word. Paul tells Timothy to remain in the things that he has been taught and the things that he has firmly believed. And what were those things? Well, the scriptures, the sacred writings. Paul reminds Timothy that due to the diligence of his mother and his grandmother, Timothy has known those scriptures since his infancy. And he tells them now that those same words he's known since infancy will be the words that he will need as he goes about his work as a pastor. After all, those words are the only words that can make one wise unto salvation in Jesus. Oh, surely others along the way would try to convince Timothy that the best pastor simply makes sure that whatever he places into each person's ears soothes the itching in their ears. Paul even told Timothy that regardless of what he did, others would indeed go out and find a pastor that would tell them what they wanted to hear, one that would suit their desires, but that that should not change what he would do as a pastor. No, he should remain in the word, even if that meant suffering disfavor or even if it meant persecution. And Christian tradition tells us that Timothy did just this. He ended up dying at the hand of a mob angry with him for pointing out the idolatry they were participating in. You see, Paul told Timothy that he needed the word. That word that had been close to him for so long, he needed that word to do his work as a pastor in order that he could equip all the people under his care for every good work. And so you also should want this kind of pastor, one who remains in the word. One who remains in the word that he actually studies that word and reads it consistently, even constantly. One who remains in the word in the sense that he understands that it is in the word that he finds everything he will need to do his work as a pastor. One who remains in the word in the sense that if they need to teach you or rebuke you or comfort you, they will turn to the word to do that work. And you should know that there are always temptations for a pastor not to remain in the word. Simply having too many items on the checklist of what needs to be done can lead one to give up studying the word as a pastor should. Indeed, he can be tempted to think that he's been educated for so long in the word that he can now just coast on what he already knows. And there are countless people trying to tell pastors all the time that real success in the ministry has to do with something other than adherence to the word. I remember at seminary, one of the first speeches I heard there in training to be a pastor, that the speech was given in a way that certainly gave the impression that keeping your shoes polished and your shirt perfectly ironed was the most important thing you could do as a pastor. I get ads online and also mail through the mail or through the post office that suggest that if you wish to be a success as a pastor, well, then you must spend multiple hours learning leadership skills 
and other ways to master group dynamics. There are a thousand programs out there, it seems, that tell you they will make you a better pastor that have almost nothing to do with the word at all. But here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, there is only one source of power. And that power is the king's power. It is the power of King Jesus, who was dead, but is now alive and sits at the right hand of the Father. And that one, that King Jesus, well, he is revealed to you in the scriptures. He is delivered to you through their proclamation. And so, if we really wish to know the power of God, we must remain in the scriptures, which means our pastors must as well. For there, we will be taught in wisdom, we will be forgiven in mercy, we will be raised up in power. And that is why you must want, no, even demand, a pastor that remains in the word. You shouldn't want this because synod says it's proper. You shouldn't want it because you hope that will keep the pews filled. No, you shouldn't want it just because doing otherwise would be wrong. You should want it because you understand that only Jesus is what you need and that only those scriptures can bring you that king. Only the scriptures will deliver him before your eyes so that you might have comfort and live. Only the scriptures will tell you that when he is delivered into your mouth that you have forgiveness and life. Oh, to be sure, there are other things that it is good for a pastor to be and to know. But this is the one thing that all of us should want in our pastor if we truly want Jesus in our life. You should want a pastor who remains in the word. So do you or have you? Or have you wanted other things? Do you wish at times that your pastor was just a master at storytelling, who could keep people enthralled for time and time with his wit? Do you wish that your pastor would bend on just a few of those things that the word reveals in order that people would be kept happier and things would be without conflict? Do you wish he'd be more focused on growing the numbers in the pews through whatever means somebody else suggests might work. Well, if those desires have overcome your desire that you would have a pastor always in the word and always proclaiming that word for your good, well, then that has become a problem, and that is worthy of repentance. You should realize that while you might be well-intentioned in wanting some of those things, at the same time you have become wrong-headed in forgetting what is most important. You forget what all of us who gather here, you and me included, need the most. For today, if I were simply here to lead you as a CEO might lead in a congregation, well, we might actually get quite a bit accomplished. But your sins, they would still remain on you. If I were here just to tell you what you wanted to hear, well, you indeed might be happy but you wouldn't have lasting joy. If I did anything other than remain in the word, things might appear fine or even for a time seem rather good. But Jesus would not have been delivered to you. And in the end, that's the very definition of not good for a Christian. Yes, it's pretty simple. What should you want in a pastor? 
You should want a pastor who remains in the Word. For a pastor who remains in the Word will make sure that he keeps you close to Jesus, that you remain in him. And that, that's just what you need. Amen.